Hello and welcome to the Oasis Church Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Today's reading is from the book of Romans, chapter 8, verses 15 through 27, reading from the New Living Translation. So, you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he has promised us. We were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father, who knows all hearts, knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. Okay, good morning, everyone. From me, Adrian, if you don't know me, uh, you're very, very welcome here, whether you are in the room or joining us online. Uh, Particularly welcome if this is your first time around us. Maybe you're kind of thinking, well, I kind of wonder what's this all about and how do I get to find out more? How do I get to connect in to this? And I'd encourage you, if you're here for the first time or have been around for a while, saying, actually, I'd like to just connect a bit further in. Well, we want to do all the work. All you need to do is fill out a form that's by that green banner at the back, post it in a box that's next to it, and then we'll do all the work to ensure that you can be as connected in as you want to be. Um, It's been good, isn't it, to celebrate? I want to just actually, before I say why it's been good to celebrate, also a big thank you to Faith, who's in the room for reading scripture. I just love it when different faces within Oasis uh, get to read over us uh, the Bible, which breathes life. And we're going to look at all that Faith has read to us briefly, I promise, uh, in a moment. Um, 
But today is a celebration day. It's great to celebrate with the Kites and the Taylors. Uh, great to celebrate in uh, who they are as families, but I think who they are to us as a family. I want to echo Mike's comments as well, that we celebrate in the Taylors and the Kites being part of our family here in Oasis. Just as we do with you. I don't know if you heard that come through uh, during our worship time of how God is one who uniquely fashions and designs each of us in order that we can belong uh, in his family. And so maybe we've come today and thinking, I, I don't know if I belong. Well, maybe today is about you knowing in a deeper way that you truly do. And maybe we could be part of that journey of you discovering how you truly are designed to belong. But if you were around last weekend, you'll know that we were celebrating as a country. We were celebrating the Platinum Jubilee of the Queen. And it was just a, a party, party, party of lots of different things, whether it was the Queen singing Queen or singing the Queen singing to the Queen. Um, like, what's that? Um, and then you've got moments of corgis appearing in the sky and stuff like that. And we didn't gather like this last Sunday. Rather, we kind of opened the doors and said, actually, let's celebrate this moment as a country by inviting our friends and neighbours in to kind of have coffee, cake, and jump on a bouncy castle or two. And um, did that. And as well as that celebration going on last weekend, it was also a deep, profound celebration for the Church of Jesus across the world as we got to celebrate the wonder and gift of Pentecost, of Jesus fulfilling all that he promised, of the Father sending the Spirit to all who believe in the Son, Jesus. And if you like, it was apt on that Sunday for us to open the doors to the community because actually if you read that first account in Acts 2 of the Spirit being poured out, uh, filling each of those that were centering their lives on Jesus who were locked in a room, what you discover is in them being locked in a room, the Spirit coming liberates them to get out on the street to call others to know the wonder of who Jesus is. And therefore it felt like on Pentecost Sunday, like that's a Sunday to celebrate and to open the doors and say all are welcome to come and discover the wonder of who Jesus is that we've discovered for ourselves. But today I want to just briefly continue that celebration in the wonder of the Spirit being given. Of the Father giving the Spirit to all who center their lives on Jesus in order that we know and experience the wonder of the life that Jesus affords us. And how I want us to do that is by looking at Romans 8, that passage that Faith so excellently read to us. And what I want us to see briefly is how Paul, the writer of this letter to a church in Rome, is revealing how we're caught up now in a life with the Spirit. That's what I want us to see, that we are, those of us who centered our life on Jesus are invited to know the Spirit is living within us and we get to therefore live a life with the Spirit. Now at this point, you might hit the pause button and say, hey, I, I'm not a follower of Jesus. I've kind of just come here as a friend to kind of support some friends who are kind of doing something weird and thanking God for their children and receiving God's like, blessing in that child. Or maybe we're coming around us and saying, I'm nothing to do with that, but I'm just on this journey of trying to figure out like, who is God? Well, like, today as we examine just the wonder of what it is to live a life with the Spirit. My hope is that you begin to see more of the wonder of who God is and his desire for a relationship with you, his desire to transform your life, 
But for many of us, we'll be those who have centered our life on Jesus. And for us, the invitation, therefore, is to be refreshed or to see clearer or to see maybe for the first time the wonder of what it is to live a life with the Spirit. And then I promise you, why I want to be slightly briefer is that by the end, is to give us some moments to then respond and receive afresh of the Holy Spirit who longs to meet with you and longs to meet with me. And what we can discover as we look at this passage briefly is that, um, do you see I keep saying that word briefly, that's just a reminder to myself, be brief, um, is we're going to discover that through this passage, Paul is wanting us to get hold of the, re- the reality that a life of the Spirit promises a reality to live from, a reality to live for, and a reality to live with. So I want to jump straight in there. A reality to live from. In verse 16, Paul writes this, for his spirit joins with our spirits to affirm that we are God's children. Now maybe you don't know about me, but um, let me just tell you something. It's not much, to be honest, but a little thing about me. I'm uh, part of a family that's called the Hearst, and the Hearst Family Five is made up of my wife Lucy, me, and three of our children, one of whom's at university at the moment, Emily, and I've got two others, Samuel and Rebecca. And we try and gather uh, for differing kind of moments of goodness and challenge for meals every day. And often it's a free for all, and that means that sometimes there's friction, sometimes there's questions, sometimes there's laughter. And in one of the meals we gathered at, we were just talking about how you get to talk to others, how you get to connect with others. And one of my kids turns to me and says, yeah, but it's easy for you, Dad. Like, you just talk to anyone and everyone. Like, my kids, when they were little, genuinely thought that I was friends with everyone in Birmingham because I just said hello to everyone. And they said, you have the most friends in the world. I was just friendly. I think everyone else is thinking, who are you? But they're like, it's easy for you. And then one of them says, like, if you were in a room of a hundred strangers, by the end of the time there, you would know ten facts about all of them. I was like, man, I don't think I would. But hey, I like the fact that you think that. And I think it's easy for you. You just, you just live that way. You live wanting to connect with others, live wanting to, like, be okay with yourself so you can then give to others. And as they said that, I said, well, to be honest, that hasn't always been true, and it isn't always true. See, the reality is if I was to rewind the clock, um, unfortunately it gets longer and longer, uh, 30 years, you'd have discovered someone who struggled to be around other people who felt nervous, who felt fearful about what others might think of them or saying the wrong thing. And what I came to discover is that Jesus does change everything and the spirit and what is revealed through this verse transforms who we are. Caused me to realize that whenever I go anywhere, I go in a reality that the Holy Spirit causes me to live in the good of. That's caused me to live a life that's free from fear. A life that is revealed for what the Spirit does here is that it affords us to know the wonder of the life that Jesus has offered us through his life, death, resurrection that Paul summarizes in the fact that we are now declared children of God. 
The Holy Spirit transforms the very inner of our being, the core of our being, and invites us to a life of discovering more and more of what it means to be a child of God. Because as I live from that place, from that reality, it defines my identity. It causes me to understand that I'm now a child of the eternal God, Father, Son, and Spirit. And as such, I am eternally loved and accepted and have nothing to prove. As Paul writes in Romans 5.5, he says this, For we know how dearly God loves us. Why? Because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with love. I get to live from that place of reality of allowing my heart's to be, heart to be filled daily with the reality of the Father's love that causes me to live differently. See, it transforms my identity. It transforms my relationship. Pope Francis said this yesterday. My guess is some of you have already read this. Some of you haven't. But he said this. If we can truly invoke God, calling him Abba, Dad, It is because the Holy Spirit dwells in us. He is the one who transforms us deep within and makes us experience the soul-stirring joy of being loved by God as his true children. That's a good quote. And as I read it, I thought, that's it. That's what we'd be invited to by the Spirit, all that Jesus had called us to, that we'd be able to approach the Father as the Father, knowing that we're now his children And therefore, he is a father who is loving and who is good. He's a father who's longing to characterize our lives with his goodness. Which means sometimes it's protecting us, saying, hey, don't go that way. That's going to do you harm. Stop doing that. It's destructive to you and to others. And sometimes it's like, hey, come and enjoy more of this. We get to know relationship through the Spirit of a father who is characterized by love and after our good. But it's also that we get to know that we're children of God, which means that we're here to reveal family values. I remember a friend of mine talking about our family, and he said, hey, your USP, unique selling point, which I thought was a weird way to describe any family anyway. And he said this, is your USP for your family is you like water. And I was like, Right, okay. And it's because I talked about how on holiday our kids will often spend between, if we're at a beach, five to eight hours in the sea, in this country. They're hard. They don't know the sea's warm elsewhere. We've just kept them here. (laughs) See, the reality is that maybe I hope there's more to a family than that we like water. (laughs) I think there is. But being part of the family of God, being God's children means we now take on that family's values. And you see those values revealed in Jesus, who is a child of God, the son of God, the model of what it means for all of us to be children of God. And what you discover about Jesus, he is one who embodied the family values. By what? By loving God the Father and loving people. And therefore, we get to know the Spirit is at work in us, empowering us to what? To love God with the whole of who we are and to love people as he loves them. So the Spirit comes and gives us a reality to live from, but he also gives us a reality to live for. In verse 23, it says this, we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. 
We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he has promised us. See, the Holy Spirit not only impacts the reality we live from, also the reality we live for. It it impacts our future. It impacts our hope for the future. See, the Holy Spirit is longing to cause you and I to understand in the mystery and wonder of who the Holy Spirit is that he's a foretaste of what is to come, a promise that this isn't the end, the best is yet to be. And that's so important because if you look at the world around us, to be honest, if you look at your fridge, if you look at yourself, you realize that actually, in the moment we live in, it seems as though like death and decay reign. That's why I talked about your fridge. I look at your fridge, you know that thing that you left there thinking one day I'm gonna eat that? You're not, it's just getting moldy because it's what? Dying slowly, (laughs) decaying. And I can look at myself and Someone kindly showed me a photo of myself 22 years ago today. And I thought, wow, (laughs) you're decaying (laughs) and getting closer to death. Like, there's that wonder, though, isn't it, that to be honest, we just have to flick on the news and just see a world around us that just seems to be filled with the characteristic of decay and death and destruction. And what the Spirit does within us is say, hey, what you know now is a foretaste of what is to come. This isn't the end of the story. There is a more glorious future. A future that is about us and a future that is about the whole of creation. You see, about us is what it says is that one day we will be fully revealed as God's children. What does that mean? It means that the wonder of what we know now, of the love and acceptance and the peace that that brings us, is going to increase. That one day we will be fully known by God. We will see God as we see one another. And we will know fully his love and acceptance and peace. It's as though like the volume is going to continuously be turned up. There's more to hear. It's as though the kind of definition is just going to get brighter and brighter, the contrast, the color. It's just going to get brighter and brighter as we realize the wonder of who we are as the children of God. But it's not just about our future that promises that. It's also a future that promises, hey, your body, that like you look at it and think, yeah, it feels like it is decaying. It feels like it's getting closer to death. That's not the end of the story. The Spirit promises I look forward to the fact that one day you're going to get a new body, a body that was designed to inhabit a place that is filled with God's love and goodness. But it's not just us, it's a future for creation. That The death, decay, destruction we see around us in the world is actually there's a promise that what is true for us is going to be true for the whole of creation. That Jesus' life, death, and resurrection was in order that everything would be redeemed. And therefore, one day, Jesus isn't going to destroy everything. He's going to renew everything. That's what the Spirit does. 
comes and causes us to realize that this isn't the end of the story. It then means that we get to look in at those moments where it feels like it's darker because death seems closer, the destruction seems more windfall, it seems like there's, all we can see is decay. It feels like Stranger Things is very, very close. Some of you are like, I don't know what that is. Mm, yeah, it's all right. Um, but in those moments, actually it's there that we get to see, no, that isn't the end of the story. Because the spirit in me is promising that there is a brighter, better future that I get to both believe for and pray for, but also get to the privilege of asking God, as Jesus called us to pray, let your kingdom come now on earth as it is in heaven. The parents settle with thinking, this is the only story. Now I get to offer and be part of a better story. Which brings us to that moment of a reality to live with. Because God's a realist. He recognizes there is a future, but there is a now. And God doesn't leave us in the now. The Spirit comes, and in verse 26 it says, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. The Holy Spirit comes and is present with us in that gap of the now and the not yet. In those moments where we feel weak or are suffering or frail, or the moments where we encounter creation or others, or the things that are going on within ourselves that are impacted by death and decay. And we realize in those moments that God isn't distant, but it's so present. The Spirit is so present with us in those moments. He's present with us in order that we would know the Spirit providing us comfort. It's what Jesus promised the Spirit would do. The Spirit comes and meets us in those moments of frailty, weakness, suffering, and provides deep and profound comfort. The Spirit prays for us. We haven't got time to lean into that. That's just mind-blowing that the spirit that is God is interceding on your and my behalf, is praying for us, knowing the Father's heart for us, praying, causing us to continuously know that it's like groans. That's what Paul writes. This spirit is recognizing our reality, the future to come, and is praying for our strengthening and our deliverance. We're not alone. The Spirit is with us, but the Spirit also is seeking to empower us. To be those who, as we encounter and experience the full force of death, decay, and destruction that this world offers, the Spirit empowers us to come and take a place and stand there. Where we get to say, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven, both in the prayers that we pray and the actions we take. We don't shy away from it. We don't kind of camp out here and say, let's just stay in this building and remember that we're children of God and it's, it's dark out there. It's, there's destruction, there's decay, there's death. I don't want to be part of that story. No, no, because of the hope we have, because of the spirit within us, we can't help but go and be part of that story. To go to the places where it feels like it's rampant, and say, this isn't the end of the story. There is hope. There is life. Therefore, we're invited to receive. Invited to receive in this moment from the Spirit, who's longing to meet with you and longing to meet with me.
who's longing to come and fill us afresh, well up from within. Whatever analogy you want to look, it looks like that the Spirit is longing to meet with us in order that we'd understand the reality that we live from. The reality we live for and the reality we can live with. Therefore, I'm going to ask the band just to come up. And as they come up, I'm just going to pray for us in a moment. As they come, we're just going to sing a song and use it as a way of inviting God to come and meet with us by his spirit. You see, I can say this stuff, but that's not what we're meant to be left with. It's not just simply a knowing, it's an experiencing. The spirit is longing to meet with you and with me. And why we sing is that what it does is it focuses our mind. It focuses as we sing. It does something of just allowing us to say, actually, I'm focusing now on you, God. And as we sing, it kind of opens our hearts as well as saying, I open myself to you. I was talking to someone a few weeks back who's never been around this sort of gathering, and they said, it's weird. I just found the singing just so emotional. That's what happens because in the environment of singing, it just opens the core of who we are to the core of who God is. That's what's going to happen. I wonder... If I can therefore invite us just to stand where we are. Um, and we're going to sing. I'm just going to pray for us in a moment. Maybe you're here and you're not a follower of Jesus. And you're saying, well, what about me then? Or for you, I'd say maybe this is a moment saying, God, what I've seen, I want to receive from you. God, would you reveal something more of who you are to me? I'm just going to pray for us where we're at. Jesus, I thank you for the life that you offer us. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you come and bring that reality. And I pray now for each of us within the realities that we're facing, Holy Spirit, I pray, would you come and meet with us? We just come and open ourselves to you and just say, have your way. Amen.